Welcome to Baking with House of Bread, and I am your host, Sheila McCann. I got this idea for this podcast from an email. So as a reminder, if you would like to have certain topics for me to cover, please let me know, because sometimes I'm racking my brain thinking about, okay, you know, I can do another recipe. I got a lot more recipes I can cover, but I'd like to kind of shake it up a little bit. Today is the customer's at House of Bread. Some of them are a little bit crazy, but we love our customers and that's how we compete in this business. So you have to have good customer service and and you have to have good product quality. That being said, some customers are easier than other to love. (laughs) Just breaking down, one type of customer is the chooser. And I actually had him come in today and it was funny because I had already wrote this episode, but he came in and sure enough, um, my clerk was like, may I help you? You know, are you ready? And he's, oh, no, 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 I'm still looking. Well, he's analyzing every single muffin we have because he likes to look at them all before he picks one. So we called them the chooser. And I was actually kind of kidding with him. And I told him that, you know, I'm working on a podcast and and you're in the category of the chooser. <laughs> And he's not the only one. There's a couple, another guy that he comes in almost every single morning. Well, every single morning, come to think of it. I'm not kidding. Very rarely does he miss a day. And when he does miss a day, you kind of wonder if he's okay. (laughs) Anyway, he chooses the blueberry muffin. He wants the biggest one with the most blueberries showing up. And I can't say I blame him because, you know, I'm kind of the same way. That's, you know, that's what you're looking for. Um, So the challenge as a baker is you really want to get everything consistent because I'm like looking at it like I want to get all the simmerals exact same, all my muffins, all my scones, all the pastries so that the choosers can't choose. (laughs) So you kind of get them stuck because they're all uniform. And the other thing that we have besides the chooser who wants to sit and look at all the pastries and before they pick out which one they want is the particular. So there are particular customers as well. So for example, I've got a woman, she wants to have the corner squares of the brownies. And I think she also gets the apricot chocolate chip walnut bars. So she will order four bars and she wants the corner of each one. (laughs) And so we do it, but I've, I've learned to say, Yes, we will do it, but, and we decide when we're going to bake the bars. My bakers do not like last minute requests. I mean, they come in and at, you know, at 3.30 in the morning, they're planning their production. So I'm very careful about adding things after they've already planned production because generally they're looking forward to, you know, clocking out and going home. And then if I have to say to them, oh, will you make, uh, you know, a dozen gluten-free blueberry Muffins, no, they're not too happy about that. I try to get the special orders in advance. And so for the woman that wanted all the corners, we make it when she wants. Now, we also get questions about like certain breads they want. Um, If we have it on our bread schedule in the past, it's easy for us to do it. For example, if they want like a rye bread, but the answer is yes, but they've got to order six loaves. Uh, And the reason that I want them to order six loaves is because Really, my break-even point, I got to sell four loaves. And so if they're buying six, then, hey, I actually broke even and made a little bit of money. 
But if they um, only want one or two loaves and, you know, rye bread isn't on my schedule this time of the year, well, guess what? Their chances are they're not going to sell. So you, you kind of set yourself up for losing money. And in the end, yeah, I want to please customers, but I also need to make money. So it's so the policy is they've got over six loaves or more. And most people are fine with that. They kind of get it. And they're, you know, I also tell them that, well, you know, my mixer can't hold less dough than that. And in some ways that's kind of true because you have to hand knead if you start doing those real small batches because I have a 140 quart mixer. It's a six foot tall mixer and it, it doesn't like those small batches. And so you do have to do more hand kneading. And I don't, and once again, I'm kind of, I'm in business to set myself up for making profits. That's the bottom line. So another type of customer we have is the dieter. They come in and they will ask you what's the lowest calorie item or the less fattening. And I really do try to help them. Um, you know, for example, if they come in and they're looking at pastries, what I'll kind of direct them to is either we have a whole wheat cinnamon roll, which is, you know, low in fat and it's made with 100% whole wheat flour. And so it's whole grain and it actually it's one of my favorite things too. Um, and it makes you feel full longer because of the whole grains and it has fiber, which we all could use more of in the American diet, or I'll refer them to the brand muffin. And the brand muffin is mostly, uh, well, it's brand flour, excuse me, it's brand whole wheat flour and white flour, but it's made with honey. So it's, it's definitely the more healthier option there. So I go in and I start explaining all this to them. And then they're looking around they go, I'll just take a scone. <laughs> well, the scone is made with white flour and it's got a lot of fat in it. We make, we use whole cream and butter um, and there's nothing low calorie about that scone. But, you know, I, I'm not in the business of helping them to lose weight. I'm in the business of giving them what they want. I can tell you that a lot of the dieters, they want to, they say they want to diet, but then they really end up purchasing things that aren't so diet friendly. <laughs> and the same thing with breads, you know, they'll, they'll kind of point them out to our whole grain breads, um, which, you know, Weight Watchers recommended um, and whatnot and explain some things to them. And then, no, nah, man, they just grab the chocolate zucchini and say, OK, we're, we're done. <laughs> uh, and, and that's just it's just people. Uh, and, you know, I'm not, you know, I, I don't try to judge them, whatever. I mean, I uh, I think everybody deserves to have a treat here and there. And I think, uh, you know, having a scone or a cookie or whatever. I mean, I definitely indulge here and there in those items. And so I do have compassion for people that are trying to lose weight. What I don't, I don't know if it's compassion, but what kind of bugs is all these crazy diets. I mean, I've had this bakery for 26 years, so I can tell you. I went through the fat-free phase. I've gone through, you know, the it was at Pritkins and then it was Atkins and now it's the keto diet. And it, it's almost kind of funny because now uh, keto is actually, it's not just a diet. It's it's a noun and it's a verb. <laughs> Are you ketoing? I mean, I hear these things. What do you have that's keto friendly? And, and some of them are really, I, I have a good friend of mine, a mountain bike with him. He's also a dentist. In fact, he does ones that he's done my root canal, two of them. Well, he comes in and tells me he's on the keto diet and what do I got for him? Well, of course he comes into house of bread <laughs> and he's on the keto diet there. And that is kind of an issue. I had to laugh, 
But I'm like, all right, well, how about um, some tuna salad? I can put it on a bed of lettuce. And he goes, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Um, make sure there's um, lots of mayo. I'm like, well, there's already mayo in the tuna salad. Oh, no, I can put more on it. Okay, so I just started squirting the mayo right on top of that thing. He's like, oh, yeah, you can put more on. Yeah, yeah, and then some more cheese and all this other stuff on there. And I'm looking at this tuna salad. It was kind of, and I actually like our tuna salad, but it was just a big fat mess. But I served it to him, then he paid for it, you know, on the, on the way he went. I also have one of the House of Breads came up with a keto bread, and it happened to be because why well, their son was on a keto diet. You know, one time I was there, he was a vegan. And the next time I came, he was on the keto diet. And let me tell you something. There's not, there's, <laughs> there's kind of like a polar opposite in those diets. So the keto bread, I tasted it and I couldn't even swallow it. It was so disgusting. I had to spit it out. What the recipe is, it's 20 eggs in one small loaf with almond flour. Right. So that's the, you know, the higher protein flour. Um, so it basically tasted like an egg pancake. I'm not a huge fan of the egg taste. I do eat eggs here and there, but uh, I kind of have to like break them up, spread it around the vegetables to kind of disguise the flavor of it. <laughs> but I will tell you, like in Hala, oh, I love the taste of the eggs in there. It's it doesn't really taste eggy, but there's kind of a richness to the loaf. And, and that's, you know, your traditional egg breads. So the Hala is a good one. And the other one, we, we'll put eggs in our king's cakes. You know, a, a lot of different ones. We, we've got a lot of yeasted breads that will come with eggs, whether it be the chocolate bread, I'm just thinking out uh, my mind. And during the holidays, there's a lot more, you know, whether it be stolen or panettone. And then, of course, quick breads always have eggs in it. But anyway, so the gist is, is the keto bread was disgusting. I had to spit it out. And that was a long time ago. And I made a decision a long time ago that we're not doing keto bread. It's not that there's not a market for it, but I, I found it kind of disgusting. And, and I'm just really, I don't really want to support these diets. I think if people want to lose weight, you know, I'm not a nutritionist or a doctor or anything like that, but I can tell you, just start trying to eat stuff. In other words, if you eat four servings of fruit, five servings of vegetables, and you eat whole grain breads, I can tell you, you're not going to have too much room for much else. And, and that really is, they're nutrient dense as well. You know, I don't, like I said, I don't really have a hundred percent clean diet. In fact, I was telling my husband, I had uh, for dinner last night, it was 4th of July and really wasn't that hungry. Um, and we started watching a movie and I'm like, all right, let's, sit, I'm going to have some popcorn. So he, <laughs> he went and got takeout and I had popcorn for dinner and I was telling him, that I probably need to eat better because it's not exactly nutritious, but it tasted good. Okay, then we have the lifestyle dieters. Gluten-free is something that um, I totally understand that people that have either intolerance or celiac disease and they can't have gluten. Um, and we do try to meet that dietary need. So we have gluten-free breads and I did an episode on that. Um, we also do you know, gluten-free chocolate zucchini bread. We do gluten-free cookies. So we do have options for people. Um, but I think you've heard me say this if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, but really the bread that we make at House of Bread is much like the bread in Europe in the sense that we don't add vital wheat gluten because they really don't do that over there. But I got to tell you though, I just came back from Europe. Surprisingly, I had a lot of bad bread. 
I had some good bread, but you have to go to the bakeries to get the good bread. And so those traditional European breads are usually um, harder crusted and it's just flour, water, yeast, and salt, um, which is good when it's fresh. But I was staying in these refugees. I did the tour of Mont Blanc. So I've stayed in, uh, and anyway, so by the time the bread was being served, which is served with every single meal, by the way, which I normally like, but it was breakfast and it was hard. So I couldn't wait to go into the towns when we did get to the towns um, and go to their local bakeries and stock up because they definitely have good baked goods, but it wasn't as I remember it. And so it's just kind of the freshness, what you need to get. So back to the dieters. So the lifestyle dieters, um, gluten-free, we, I can, those customers I'm good with. It does surprise me though, when we get people that come in and, and tell me, ask me about the gluten-free bread and we got a section over it and then they don't buy it. You know, then they buy regular breads. Like they want to be gluten-free, but they're not. They come in and they, you know, buy other things, which is fine. I also get the people that's the vegans. So they come in, they're, you know, they're plant-based people. I'm not trying to be controversial here, but I have had many vegans. When I'll ask them, I'll say, well, do you eat honey? Some do, some don't. If they eat honey, then I've got a lot more choices for them in the bakery. Um, and honey is a sweetener that I use. I have had conversations with people that I kind of explained to them. I said, well, you know, the bees don't die. So I don't really understand that principle, but I also was explained how the bees have eyelashes. <laughs> One customer was telling me about that. And I'm like, huh? I'm like, well, they don't die. But then another one did explain to me is that they don't like the honey processing, like how the bees are treated. And anyway, I, you know, I, I'm not going to convert anybody or try to approach it, but they, it does, diet people can be kind of religious about it. I mean, they're just really set on that. And so it's fine. It's just a little extreme in some cases. And we can't, you know, we can't please everybody. But the people that are, you know, their diet is their religion, they're real vocal about it, and they're super particular, too. And we also have the overly sensitive customers. For example, I have a bread called Darwin. I didn't come up with the name. It was the consultant that uh, gave me the recipe when I started 26 years ago for Darwin. Um, so I, but I kind of joke about it. Darwin is basically a combination of white wheat and nine grain. So I would talk about it being the evolution of white wheat and nine grain. Well, I didn't realize that the word evolution can really offend certain people. Anyway, they, they didn't think it was very funny, my, my joke about that. So um, I said, I don't know where the name came from. We call it crack grain bread now. So if you see the crack grain bread, you'll know that it was formerly called Darwin. I mean, Darwin is a, you know, population city of about 300,000 in, in Australia. So I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it came from there. Who knows? There are certain names that can invoke a lot of emotions with people. So I don't necessarily want to be controversial, but I am in business to make the sales. And so we had squaw bread. I didn't name the squaw bread. Okay. We just, I got a label from another bakery and I just copied the recipe and we've been selling squaw bread. And then now it's a, it's a no-no. Okay, so I had went to calling it California brown bread. Well, then people came in and they 
they were like, well, okay, well, where's your squaw bread? I'm like, well, we renamed it California Brown Bread. A anyway, so you kind of lost sales there. So I have transferred the name now is Prairie. And I don't see how Prairie could offend anybody. <laughs> but we'll, we'll see because there is those sensitive people that might be, take offense to it. But anyway, like I said, is that you try not to be controversial and... If it's not that big of a deal, I'll try to change the name, but I just don't like losing sales. And there's also the politician. And what I mean by that is everything seems to turn to politics with them. And so I used to, every election, presidential election, I'd introduce like a special. And so, for example, there was the Obama slammer um, one year and the Romney roast. And then I had the Hillary Ham special. <laughs> and the turkey Trump, right? These are just kind of joking, right? It's not mean, I'm not trying to be, uh, pick one candidate over the other or one political party over the over. It's just kind of trying to add a little humor into these specials. And most everyone thought it was funny until uh, the last election, I did not want to touch that one. So for whatever reason, from the in the 2020 election, people had a little more extreme, and all I had to say was like, "Would you like your bagel toasted?" And they were like, "Well, if you can still do that, is it a free country? You know, to get your bagel toasted?" And I'm like, I, <laughs> "I'm not touching that one either." Yes, I can toast your bagel, and guess what? You don't have to have it toasted either. So you do have that freedom of choice here, whether I want your bagel toasted or not. And I'm not making that up. That is like an actual conversation I had with somebody. And I'm not going to even go into the mask thing because, oh, was that like a... And we're still navigating that whole thing, whether to mask or not mask. And I mean, it's kind of in a no-win situation when you're in business some ways because you're you're going to offend somebody if you're wearing a mask and you're going to offend somebody if you're not wearing a mask. Yeah. So I just try to follow the law. So whatever the law tells me, I'm, I'm going to do. All right, so the other type of customer, I call them the particular, and they ask a lot of kind of questions. So, for example, uh, one question I had was, where do you get your tuna? And I'm thinking to myself, what does she mean by that? And I'm like, well, we get it out of a can. And the other questions I get, like, oh, one was literally, it was a couple, and they're like a middle-aged couple and they come in and the woman says, do you have a gluten-free, yeast-free, flourless bread or product? And I said, hmm, how about a piece of broccoli? <laughs> and she actually kind of laughed a little bit, but her husband thought that was the funniest thing uh, because, you know, it's pretty hard to make all that kind of stuff, right? So, you know, everybody wants to have a delicious baked good that has zero calories. Well, we're, we're not musicians. We can't come up with that. Uh, some of the other particular questions I get is like, what kind of salt do you have? I mean, I don't, whatever. It's just a bag of salt. You know, it's a 50-pound bag of salt. And I'm looking at the bag. Well, it's just salt. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, I guess there is like the Himalayan pink salt. Um, that seems to get a lot more attention. Maybe it's better for you. Maybe it's not. But uh, I can tell you that we just use salt. That's it. <laughs> and if you notice when I talk about my recipes, when I ask for what salt to get, it's just salt. Just, you know, normal salt. 
Um, there are times where rock salt can be nice. Um, and that's like in your when you do pretzels and things like that, the rock salt just kind of stands up and it has a little more of a bigger salt um, amount to it. So it's a bigger taste when you bite into it. And then there is the lingerer. I have to instruct my staff because I end up trying to hire nice people, right? Because nice people are generally nice to your customers. And so everything's, you know, win-win situation. But we do have homeless people that come in. We give a free slice of bread to everybody and then they can use the bathroom and they can have a cup of water. We get a pretty loyal following from our homeless people. Um, and I'm happy to do that for them. Um, but they want to talk to the staff because they got nothing better to do, right? Um, same thing with retired people. Right? These could be nice people, but they don't have any time constraints and they want to talk to the staff and they want to talk about, you know, whatever. I mean, anything. I've heard these conversations and some of my staff, then they stop and sit there and talk to them and they're not getting the other things done that they need to get done. So I have to tell them, I said, OK, so do you want to sit there and talk to the homeless people and the retired people? That's fine, but you got to be doing your job while you're doing it. If you can't do both, guess what? Guess which one you do your job, right? Not listening to the retired and the homeless people. <laughs> Before the pandemic, I had literally one table in the bakery and one table and two chairs. And there would be people that would just be lingering in there forever. They just sit at that table and I can tell you um, they're in no hurry to leave. I mean, it's kind of, it's fine. And right now I'm actually in the lease negotiations for a much larger space, which is going to have a lot more seats so I'm sure the lingerers will be more of an issue there. And then we also have the observer. This is a little more, eh, a little more irritating for me. What they do is they come in, they look intensely interested at all the breads. They ask a lot of questions about the ingredients and they'll sit there and they'll compliment the pastries and how delicious they look. And they'll want to know the price of anything if it's not there. Um, and then they're picking up the breads and looking at all the labels and and whatever. Then they walk out without buying anything. I don't know if it's just like a dieting strategy. You know, maybe they just sort of want to look at everything and maybe feel feel lows and then take off. Oh, and then there's the comedian. And I can tell you that not all the jokes are that funny. Um, you have to remember we've heard them all like a million times. So we come in and I instruct all my staff, we ask if you'd like a sample. So would you like a sample? And they will, the comedians will respond, yeah, one of everything. And so you kind of have to fake laugh because really like you've, you've heard that a thousand times, you know, so that happens. I also hear all the time. So, oh, how do you work here and stay so thin and they, whatnot. And then, then they're like, oh, you can't trust a skinny baker. And, you know, right. So not that funny. And so the jokes that you kind of tell people that are related to their business, just, just ask yourself if it's really that unique of a joke. Because it's really not that unique of a joke. Chances are they've heard it already and, it, and they're really not going to find it that funny. I don't mind if they come up and start telling like jokes. That, that can be kind of refreshing. I do have a couple customers that like to tell jokes and then but but once again, they're really you're, you're I really have to struggle with the kind of trying to pretend to laugh at their jokes because, well, anyway, they're just not that funny. <laughs> I mean, the bottom line that people come into bakery and try to be comedians. I can tell you that 
They didn't make it being a comedian. That's about all I can say about that. Uh, but all in all, I will stress again that most of our customers are super nice. I mean, we give them slices of bread and it, I really wanted to have a business that was a positive interaction with people. They're happy to buy it and I'm happy to sell it. And that is true 99.9% of the time. But we do have our particular customers and they kind of let you know it. Um, and like I said, we're happy to accommodate any special requests. But what I'm going to tell you, if you call up and you want this, that, and the other thing, or you put an online order, I'm going to say, yes, we can do that. But, and the but is where it's going to cost you. Because I've made all those mistakes in the past where I, oh my gosh, can you do a chocolate raspberry upside down muffin with pineapple? I'm not kidding. I mean, whatever. These weird kind of requests and you're like, oh, okay. And then I make it and then they buy one, right? And then nobody else wants to buy it. So it's just like, so I've already kind of lost money on bending over backwards for people. So now, after many years... I got kind of smart about it finally and decided that, yeah, I'm going to do whatever you want. So you want a six pound challah? Sure, we can do a six pound challah, but it's going to cost you $40 a loaf. And um, because where else are they going to get a six pound challah? And if they want to make a six pound challah, they can do it at home. If they, if it's not, I mean, they can't do it at home. So it's, that's where it's like, yeah, we can do these extra things for you, but it's going to cost you. So if you think if you're in business, you want to say yes to customers because once you say, no, we can't do that. Oh, you know, people just kind of shut down. So whatever happens, I always try to come up with a yes, can kind of spin it. So yes, sure. Yeah, we can do that. But it's going to cost you this much money or you have to order these many loaves or you have to order a dozen of the muffins or six of the cookies. I mean, whatever it is, but you got to come up with a system to protect yourself and set yourself up for making money. And that way you can stay in business and hear the comedians and the observers and the lifestyle dieters and the overly sensitive people <laughs> and the political, I mean, all these wonderful customers that we have um, in the bakery is because you still are in business because you think about how you're going to provide really good customer service um, and you're going to try to accommodate all these requests and these particular customers the best you can, but within the framework of setting yourself up to make money. And I hope you enjoyed this type of topic. And, and if you have any other ideas, I would certainly welcome them. And thank you for listening and happy baking.